You're listening to a rebroadcast of a live walk talk from Instagram. People can take things the wrong way no matter how thorough you are with what you're trying to say. And one of those things is, this doesn't happen a lot, but with my ministry, I like to keep track of what people are really um, giving me feedback on in a negative way. One of those things is once saved, always saved. And I'm going to talk about that today. Um, before I get into once saved, always saved, I want to introduce myself in case you're new to my ministry. My name is Matt McMillan. I'm a Christian author. I've written seven books. All of my books are available on Amazon and paperback and Kindle. Check them out if you get some time. Also, if you want to search any particular Bible passage, Bible topic, any issue, you can always go to my website, mattmcmillan.com, go to the topics page, and just search a topic you're looking for, or type in a topic you're looking for. It could be a particular Bible passage, anything that's on your mind. I've probably written about it, and if I haven't written about it, I plan on writing about it. You know, my ministry um, keeps track. I am my ministry. I keep track of the topics that I see on a regular basis. And when I see a particular topic, I will collect as much information as I possibly can about that topic. Um, and then as time goes on, when I feel like I've, I have enough information, I've studied enough on it, then I will write about it. So that's what my books are. My first book is more of a testimonial book. I wrote that book back in 2015, but then I wrote six books in a row, three, or excuse me, two, three book series. The first book series I wrote uh, is called 60 Days for Jesus. And I call it 60 Days for Jesus because it's a daily devotional for, for two months. So you read one day for two months. So, um, and then I did that three times. So it's actually 180 days for Jesus. But I did a three book series. Daily devotionals are really easy for me and that's how I learn. So I decided to write that way. So then I wrote the Christian Identity series, the Christian Identity one, two, and three. I did the same thing, only that is a more condensed devotional series. They are 30 days for each book. So check them out if you get time. But um, I will eventually write about whatever topic it, it is, and I do plan on writing and releasing more books. Um, I'm taking a break right now. I finished my last book and I released it last fall. So I'm just kind of taking a break from writing because I've been writing nonstop for um, since about 2014-ish. So I'm kind of enjoying this break, doing some other things, exploring some some new things, and I'm on TikTok. Check out TikTok. I really love TikTok. The format of TikTok is really cool. Um, what I don't like about TikTok is when you have a video that goes viral, TikTok starts picking on you. And what I mean by that is every single time I have a video on TikTok, which gets a lot of views, they immediately send me a message that says, you have violated our community standards, and they don't tell you why but then they prevent you from commenting on anything. So then they ban you from commenting, so then you can't interact with people who are commenting. It's kind of frustrating, uh, but whatever. It's their platform, and I appreciate them. So uh, today's topic um, is once saved, always saved. We, we get a lot of feedback in the New Covenant community about 
once saved, always saved. And when I say new covenant community, I'm just talking about the gospel. Those who have believed in Christ for salvation and they're firm and secure in what Jesus has done for them at the cross, to them through the resurrection, and then now through them by way of his spirit. For them, to them, through them, that's the new covenant. The new covenant is a covenant between the Father and the Son, which was made at the cross. We are the beneficiaries to that new covenant. We are not in that new covenant. We are not in that contract. Um, we benefit from their contract. So the covenant is the agreement between the Father and the Son. That's the new covenant. The old covenant was the agreement between God and Israel. So Israel sucked at fulfilling their end of the bargain according to the old covenant. That's why they needed a new covenant because the old covenant was flawed from the beginning, not the actual law. The law is perfect, but Israel's inability to live up to their end of the bargain. They said, we will do everything written in the book of the, in the book of the law. They said that at the base of Mount Sinai and Exodus, and they did not, they were already making a golden idol, which is one of the 10 commandments, therefore breaking their end of the covenant. And then blood had to be shed annually to remind them of their law breaking. And then they were looking for something new. The new is the new covenant. Jesus came along, removed the old covenant, replaced it, took out Israel, inserted himself, and then sealed it at the cross through his blood. That's the new covenant. Jeremiah foretold about this. Um, so that was the old covenant. When Jeremiah was talking about this, Jesus fulfilled it at the cross. Okay. So, um, once saved, always saved and the new covenant community who stand on this, it, there's nothing nasty about saying once saved, always saved. It, it's the tone that it has been taught. So the tone of once saved, always saved has always been taught when I was growing up in a very fearful way. Once saved, always saved is dangerous. Watch out for that once saved, always saved. They're just giving you a license to sin. Here's the thing. Nobody needs a license to sin. Everybody's sinning just fine without a license. The Christians included, included. So we don't need a license to sin. We need a license for righteousness. <laughs> that is what we get through Jesus. So uh, once saved, always saved is 100% true. Why is that? A couple different reasons. The number one thing that I preach as to why once saved, always saved is true is because how are you saved? How? What saves you? What saves you? The life of Christ. The life of Christ saves you. You need that ongoing salvation, that ongoing life. And we see that in John chapter 14, when Jesus says, as long as I live, you also will live. Uh, we see it in Colossians chapter three, Christ, who is your life. We see it in Hebrews chapter seven. He is able to save you completely. Why? Because he always lives. So it is the life of Christ that saves you. It's not what you're doing. It's not what you're not doing. This is difficult to understand when you grow up under very behavior centered teaching do more, be more, try harder. God helps those who help themselves. But that's all 
antichrist. That's all the enemy of the cross. God helps those who realize they can't possibly help themselves. When you realize I can't save myself, I can't keep myself saved, then you begin to rest in the truth of the gospel and you understand that there's nothing you could do to possibly cause Jesus to die again. The only way you could lose your salvation is if Christ dies again. Your repeated sins are not more powerful than his life. We want to act like it's um, false humility when we think we're doing something to improve our, salva improve our salvation, sustain our salvation, or even get our salvation back. But all that's doing is belittling the life of Christ. It's belittling the blood of the cross. It's belittling the resurrection. It's belittling who you are. That's another thing that keeps you saved. Who are you? Who are you, Christian? What does the Bible say? Who are you? You're a child of God. You've been reborn. You are a member of his household. Look at it like this. Let's say you have a child and the child born, you hold that baby in your hands and you're just, oh, you're so cute. And then you say, you better not mess this up or whoop, you're not my child anymore. That's the same thing we do when we say once saved, always saved is not true. We say God throws us away or God says you're no longer my child. Birth is final. Your supernatural rebirth is just as final as your physical birth into your family of God. No matter what you do, you will always be the child of your parents. Deny it. Have good behavior. Does that sustain it? Have bad behavior. Does that remove it? No. You're born. This is why Jesus said to Nicodemus, who was an extremely legalistic person, don't be surprised when I tell you, you must be born again. And he was like, what do you mean, Jesus? How can I be born again? How can I go back into my mother's womb? Well, Nicodemus, you're thinking of your physical birth, born of water. I'm saying your spiritual birth. You must be born again of the spirit. And another way you can look at that passage is Jesus is, exp is explaining to Nicodemus the permanency of being born of the spirit as being born of water, of being born from your mother's womb. Jesus doesn't mention baptism in that passage. He's talking about the fluid from your mother's body when you come out of the water sack that you sat in for nine months. Born of water, born of spirit. This is how you are saved. You're reborn. You're a child of God. Yeah, but Matt, you just can't tell people that because they'll just go out and they'll willfully sin. You're doing that. You willfully sin, if that's your theology. Oh, but my sins aren't willful. Oh, who's sinning for you? <laughs> James chapter... Three, verse 2 says we all stumble in many ways. So what makes you think, Mr. Legalist, that your sins aren't willful? And then what are you going to do to get back in God's good graces if your sins aren't willful? First of all, that makes no sense. All sins are willful. So where are we getting this theology? We're not robots. We're, we, every single time we sin... 
our will is involved. We can't accidentally sin. Now, according to the law of Moses, they could accidentally sin because they had 613 different ways to sin. Okay? That's where we get the Hebrews 10.26 from, if we deliberately keep on sinning. Do you see it? So they were deliberately continuing to sin according to the law of Moses. This is not a Christian who is struggling with something. This is not even a Christian who is um, in denial. This is sinning according to the law of Moses. So Hebrews 10.26, if we deliberately keep on sinning, there's no sacrifice left. That's not you, Christian. That is referring to an unbelieving Jewish person who refused to believe in the once for all sacrifice of Jesus. We look at the beginning of the chapter. We see that. And what were they doing? They wanted to go back to the temple at the next day of atonement so they can get forgiveness by way of animal blood. No sacrifice was left. They continued to willfully sin. And the author is saying, listen, stop going to the temple. Jesus was the last sacrifice. But on this side of the cross, 2000 years later, we want to apply this to Christians and then scare the freaking heck out of them. And then we want to say, you won't be saved any longer because it's a willful sin. <laughs> Do you see it? So Hebrews 10, 26 is not a threat for Christians. Stop teaching people that if you're teaching that. And if you're scared of that, don't be afraid. Sorry, we got a traffic jam here. Come on. All right. Let's look at another passage that people will use. Um, I will blot, or they'll say, Jesus will blot your name out of the book of life. No, he won't. That passage says, I will never blot you out. Go read it. In the book of Revelation, he says, I will never blot their name out. Once they've always saved is true, Jesus will never blot your name out. What else? Uh, lukewarm Christians. Do you know the words lukewarm Christians aren't in the Bible? We could get that in our churches. <laughs> However, there are some lukewarm Christians, but the words lukewarm Christians are not in the Bible. The passage in Revelation 3 is about purposefulness, not salvation. So when we are told, you're not on fire for God. You got to get out and do stuff. You got to go this and that and this and that and be more. Blah, blah. You're not on fire. God actually says you can be hot or cold. <laughs> What do you mean cold, Matt? How can I be cold? Don't I got to be on fire for God? No, you do not have to be on fire for God. You can relax. You can rest. <laughs> I know it's a crazy concept. But when we look at Revelation 3.15 as opposed to Revelation 3.16, it says, I wish you were hot or cold. Look, the people in Laodicea, this church, had become lazy. They were <laughs> comfortable. And they're just like, whatever. You're not like that. I'm not like that. This isn't a salvation threatening, a, sal a salvation threatening passage. This is a do something, please. Do you see it? Their lampstand was being threatened. Their lampstand. What's the lampstand? This is symbolism for influence. 
This is not salvation. The seven churches in Revelation, their influence was being threatened. Their influence. Why? Because they weren't expressing the grace of God. Okay? So it says be hot or cold. Just don't be lukewarm. Hot serves a purpose. You know, if, you, if you're out in the snow, middle of January, and you come inside and you get a nice cup of hot coffee, cocoa, that hot served a purpose. It, it warmed you up. Cold serves a purpose. Middle of August, 100 degree weather. You go down to the, the local creek and you want to go swimming. That cold cooled you off. Cold serves a purpose. But lukewarm serves no purpose. So the passage about Christians being told to be on fire is error. And you can be cold. Just don't be lukewarm. And it's not a, it's not a threat to your salvation. It's a threat at your purposefulness. And I don't know about you, but my, my purposefulness gives me energy. It, it, it's, you know, I could just come out here and just run and not call you, not talk to you guys or not ride. I could just get up, watch sports center and get on with my day. But that I would be being lukewarm. Oh, am I still saved? Yes. But I enjoy this. You have gifts that you can enjoy and you'll, it will always feel authentic. You know what I'm saying? So the lukewarm passage is not a threat against one saved, always saved. Neither is Hebrews 10, 26. What else? Let's look at um, Matthew chapter seven. Depart from me. I never knew you, you workers of lawlessness. Right there. That, that verse right there should just get you, get you right in the gizzard. Lawlessness. They were workers of lawlessness. This is not drinking, smoking, cussing, um, speeding. This is the law of Moses. Remember, two chapters previously, Jesus said, if you want to follow the law, you must be perfect like God. But yet they were finding their righteousness in following the law. Therefore, that made them workers of lawlessness. Do you see it? These are not Christians. These are unbelievers who wanted to look to the law for righteousness, who wanted to say, Look at me, Jesus. Look what I've done for you. I cast out demons. I perform miracles. You didn't do that stuff in my name. Did we not? Nope. I never knew you. Never. Never means never. This is not Christians who were lukewarm. And if it's Christians that lukewarm, that makes no sense because they just had a laundry list of all the stuff they did. See it? So these people did not do the will of the Father. What is the will of the Father? Jesus tells us so. The will of the Father is to believe in the one whom he has sent. They didn't believe. They said, look at me, Jesus. And we see that all the time. Look at my gifts. Look what I do. Look where I go. Look at the stuff I do. I'm not against gifts. I'm not against going places. I'm not against doing stuff. I'm saying, why? Why? Why, 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 why? Every, everything we ask. You know, I get asked all the time in my, when I do my story Q&As. Is this sin? Is this sin? Is this sin? I'm not the sin police. I'm just like you. I'm a human being. Talk to God about it. Look to scripture for it. Anything that's not of faith is sin. But when you sin, you're already forgiven. If you're a Christian, deal with it. Stop saying, is this sin? And then ask yourself, why am I doing this? Or am I already forgiven? Yes. So why am I doing it? Because I'm trying to find fulfillment in something that's never going to fulfill me. 
<laughs> you see it? So we have to go from being sin conscious to righteousness conscience. That's how you rest. That's how you enjoy the gospel. That's how you understand. That's how you understand. I'm saved. I will always be saved. Jesus will never die again. I'm born again. Hebrews 10, 26 does not threaten my salvation. Uh, Revelation 3 does not threaten my salvation. Um, Matthew 7 doesn't threaten my salvation. Nothing threatens your salvation. There's not a single Bible passage which threatens the salvation of a Christian. There's not a single Bible passage that is meant to create fear in a Christian. The opposite. Everything is meant to create comfort for you. Everything is meant to create calmness for you, to remove your anxiety, to trust God. The only people who should be fearing anything when they read scripture is those who reject faith in Christ. We see what happens in Hebrews chapter 10, 26 through 29. They're trampling on the spirit of grace. They're saying, grace, be careful with that grace. You got to balance that grace with law. Really? Really? You're going to balance a ministry of death with a ministry of life. You're going to say, I need Moses for morality, but I need Jesus for forgiveness. It makes no sense. You could trust the spirit of Jesus Christ for morality too. He'll guide, he'll guide you. You don't need to worry about your salvation. Once saved, always saved is not dangerous. Once saved, always saved is only dangerous for those who think they're doing something to stay saved. The people who say that are the people who think they're doing a bunch of stuff to stay saved. And those are the people who Jesus are going to say, I never knew you. But they're going to say, but, but I repent at the best. But I never missed church. I was a pastor. Uh, I did all this stuff. I spoke in tongues. Uh, what do I do now? I never knew you. You never trusted me. You insulted my grace. I gave you many chances. All those prayers, you never believed in me. You kept asking me and never believed me. This is the people in Matthew chapter 7. The entire book of uh, the entire chapter of Matthew chapter seven is Jesus warning about false prophets and works based law following unbelievers. And who were the true false prophets? The people who said he wasn't the Messiah. Listen, we're all struggling with some type of error. I don't know everything. I still learn. I still grow. But there's a foundation. There's a foundation that every Christian has to be firm on. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus has forgiven me. That's it. No matter what your denomination says, no matter what type of error that's in your denomination, which causes turmoil in the lives of all the people, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus saves you. Jesus keeps you saved. He'll never die again. You'll always stay alive. You should be shouting once saved, always saved to the rooftops. Because it's putting your confidence in Jesus rather than yourself. If I got on here and I said, yeah, once saved, always saved is a big lie. What am I going to tell you to do? <laughs> Let's talk about that for a minute and then button this up. What am I going to tell you to do to stay saved? I'm not even going down that road. 
I'm not even going to start listing anything. Because if I tell you that something you can do or you can stop doing will keep you saved, I'm insulting Jesus. I'm spitting in the face of the cross. I'm trampling on the spirit of grace. I'm saying that's not good enough. You got to do your part. Jesus only loves you unconditionally until you are saved. And then he really doesn't even love you unconditionally after that because you got to do more stuff to stay safe. It's error. Be confident in Jesus. Please be confident in Jesus. I love you guys. But there's so many messages that I get. I even get stitched uh, so often on, on TikTok where they're like, what do you mean? But when they're stitching, they're overlooking Jesus. They're saying he's not enough. What he did is not enough. You got to do your part. The cross was not enough is basically what they're saying. All right. So I hope this has encouraged you guys today. I'm sorry if sometimes I come across a little abrasive, um, aggressive. I'm better than I used to be. Man, if I had the ability to go live uh, when I first started my social media ministry, woo, it would have been nasty. So I'm, I'm maturing, I'm learning, I'm growing. Um, but I just, my, I, I want you to be confident. I, I want you to be confident, you know. And I get a little ch choked up when I talk about this, but <clears throat> I know what it's like to not be confident. So you can be confident. You can trust Jesus. He keeps you saved. So always tell the truth about yourself. What's the truth? Jesus keeps you saved. He'll always stay alive. You'll always stay saved. You're righteous. You're blameless. You're a child of God. You can't mess this up. The blood of Jesus is more powerful than your repeated lifelong sins. Trust him. This is grace. This grace will teach you how to live properly. Not law. Not having your salvation threatened. Not saying you can become unsaved and you won't be saved anymore. Grace. Grace, friends. Grace. Alright, guys. I hope you have a great day today. Until next time. Love y'all. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this Walk Talk. Please be sure to rate and review this podcast and share it with others. Subscribe right now so you don't miss out on any new content. To be encouraged daily, you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. If you want even more information on my ministry or to check out my books, go to www.mattmcmillan.com.